My name is Christo Lennefeld, and as usual, I have Peter Kukumu with me. Hi, Peter. Hi, Christo, and hi to everyone listening. So I thought we would spend our time spotlighting some of Coronation's fixed income funds and the choices available to you from Coronation. Um, so everyone's very familiar with the Coronation Strategic Income Fund. It's our flagship multi-asset income fund. And then, of course, most people also know its global equivalent, um, the Global Strategic US Dollar Income Fund, available in rands and in hard currency dollars. But we also offer other fixed income funds, Peter. At a very high level, um, give us a quick overview. The funds we very rarely talk about are the funds that are closer to cash. I mean, money market, I think we don't really have to talk about a money market fund is a money market fund is a money market fund. The regulatory frame in which these funds are managed is so tight that there's very little room for differentiation in terms of performance. So it's one of those categories where the fee you pay is a bigger determinant in terms of the expected result that you're going to get. And we quite consciously keep fees very low. So 25 basis points for the retail class, 15 basis points for the, the platform class. Um, our money market funds very competitively priced and over time has also performed very well. But not, I mean, it's not really worth saying say much more about that. The next fund up the risk curve that slots in between money market and strategic income, uh, but from a risk profile point of view, as I'll explain now, much closer to money market than to strategic income, is a fund we call Jibar Plus. And you, you may wonder about the name. Jibar um, is an acronym for the Johannesburg interbank acceptance rate and we got to that name some years ago when the regulator basically outlawed income funds uh, even very conservative short duration income funds from referencing cash as part of the fund name so it used to be called the coronation cash plus fund which is a much more descriptive name but we're not allowed to use that so effectively what we try and do in jibar plus is to arbitrage the very tight regulatory constraints that are applied to money market funds. So the credit risk profile of Jibar Plus will look exactly the same as the money market funds. So we're not trying to enhance the return in the portfolio by taking additional credit risk. The only bit of extra risk in the portfolio compared to the money market fund is that we lend slightly longer typically still to the same big banks and large corporates um, to a lesser extent that you would see in the money market portfolio. But where in the money market fund, you have an average, average duration of only three months. And we can stretch that average duration out a bit, um, up to six months in Jibar Plus. And the tenor of the paper, um, the term to maturity of the paper that we would typically hold would be slightly longer. And because you are prepared to lend a bit longer to the banks than the typical money market portfolio can, um, you get a yield pickup. And that yield pickup gives you an expected return of a half a percent a year over money market fund, above money market. Um, and we don't think that the additional risk that you are taking is equivalent. I mean, so we think the risk is very similar to money market, um, but you get that little bit of a yield pickup. So... It's an interesting cash alternative. I mean, the, the, the traditional income fund space, also like the managed income fund space, you get, you get a fairly wide variety of risk profiles. So you get funds that are, um, in terms of risk deployment, much closer to, to strategic income in that category. And then you get the more conservative cash plus type funds. So this is, it's, it's, this is a category where it's quite dangerous to just take return profiles that you see in league tables at face value uh, because it can actually uh, vary quite a lot. So domestic range, 
for a money market, something a little bit more risky than money market, half a percent expected return higher in Jaibar, strat income where we aim for 2% above um, a money market fund type of return, but obviously with a bit more volatility. Um, and then the bond fund where you have um, much more significant interest rate sensitivity where you aim to outperform the all bond index. So given your explanation of the money market fund relative to Jaibar Plus, um, what I hear you effectively saying is that at a very similar expected risk in the Jaiba Plus fund, one can expect a reasonable pickup in yield. Is there any reason why one shouldn't invest in the Jaiba Plus fund and rather opt for the money market fund? Is there any good reason for that? So, I mean, money market fund clearly has a, a very specific place. It's the only constant nav portfolio type in our industry. So it's the only fund where the price doesn't move. The reason the price doesn't move is because the amount of risk that can be deployed is so restrained mm. in the money market portfolio. And quite clearly, you can take a little bit more risk in, in Java Plus, so therefore it doesn't have a constant nav. So any investor that is looking for, for constant nav, money yeah. market's where you go. Um, any investor that therefore can't stomach any kind of capital volatility is better off for the money market fund. However, where it makes no sense to me to, to, to accept the constraint of, of cash as defined by the money market rules is where you deploy a cash element in a larger managed portfolio. I mean, you, you very often would find that in drawdown portfolios, living annuity funding portfolios, where maybe this year and next year, maybe the year thereafter, the next two or three years, income drawdown is kept in a very conservative portfolio. So it would make no sense to keep that in, in, in a money market fund. I would argue you can keep it in something like strategic income because the liquidity profile is suitable. Mm. But if you don't want any kind of capital uh, volatility within the context of a larger managed portfolio, with say 5 or 10% um, of the assets in the portfolio, then I think um, the in- an income fund like Jaibar makes a lot more sense. Now, let's just look forward. Um, I mean, strategic income, I think we all know what it is, what it aims to achieve. But it, perhaps just before we continue, just remind the audience from a return perspective, what is a realistic expectation um, from a fund like strategic income um, over the kind of medium term? What, what should they expect? So you know, given how we position Strat, and this is something we've said for a long time, is we, we think that, I mean, over, over the medium term, so three, five year periods, um, you should expect cash plus two. And cash is shorthand for a money market fund return, which is Typically a little bit better, by the way, than a call or an overnight deposit at a bank. So it is a slightly higher rate than, than, than bank cash rates. But money market plus 2% is, is what we um, aim for. Um, the fund's formal benchmark is less than that. Um, but we think just given the nature of the, of the term structure of the typical paper that you own and strat, the type of yield pickup that you get um, over cash, that's where you, that's where you should end up. Um, you know, the key issue here is that the, that cash base rate is now lower than it used to be and will probably be lower for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, it's likely that we're, we're going to see the interest rate hike um, in the foreseeable future, if not before the end of this year, certainly into next year. But we're not going to normalize quickly to the, rate, to the level of interest rates that we um, experienced pre-COVID. So the South African market expects a cash rate of 7% because that's more or less where we were for a very long period of time. We're not going to get close to that. You know, so, I mean, we probably won't get to 5% 
uh, by the end of next year. Um, so we're going to be a percent and a half or two percent below um, the cash base rate, which basically just means that if historically managed income fund, funds could reliably produce returns of eight and a half, nine percent, you're now looking more at a six plus or minus a bit, six and a half maybe, as a reasonable expectation for, for managed income funds. It does feel like many investors in the fixed income, multi-fixed income space, multi-asset fixed income space, shorthand look at long bond yields. And those are quite chunky in South Africa. And we get told all the time that, you know, South African yields are giving you fantastic real outcomes. Um, and, and, and they use those yields to inform their return expectations from funds that are a lot more conservative than pure bond funds, like strategic income fund. You mentioned that the Coronation Bond Fund um, currently has a modified duration of close to seven years. Strat is close to one and a half years. So my question to you is, if investors still expect that 7 8 9% outcome, does that mean they need to stretch the risk to a bond fund? So if it's 7%, you're probably okay. But if it's, if it's 9 plus, which is um, roughly the yield on um, the South African bond market, which is nine in a bit, um, then quite clearly you should not expect to earn that in strategic income because you need one of the only way to get there in a managed income type portfolio would be to reach for return and to deploy more risk than is expected, and that's worse than trying to um, explain to investors why they have to accept a recalibration of, the, of their return expectation for a specific risk profile. It's much, much worse to reach for return because most investors do not have enough insight into what actually is going on under the hood in the portfolio to be able to make that risk assessment. Um, so I think that's very dangerous territory to move into. Alternatively, you could move to um, a bond fund type portfolio you know, that you specifically asked about. And yes, I mean, it, it, you, you are probably going to do quite well out of South African government bonds um, over time. However, you are exposing yourself to a huge amount of idiosyncratic risk by doing that. Because if you think about it, when you buy one government's bonds, you know, you've got single issuer risk. You've got single currency risk. There's zero diversification in that position. And while we are comfortable holders of long-dated South African government bonds in our portfolios, you know, we think a, a 17 18% type position in South African government bonds in a fund like Balance Plus is actually overweight. I mean, it's, it's, it's significantly higher than the average holding that we would have. So to have 100% bonds as, a, as an alternative to make up for, call it a yield deficiency in the shorter duration portfolio, just strike me as a very risky approach. So if the 9% number is relevant, you know, then you just need to make sure that you are in a portfolio that has a high probability of being able to do that. And it's quite obvious, you need to move up the risk curve in the multi-asset law space and look at portfolios like Balanced Defensive in the low equity multi-asset category or Capital Plus in the moderate equity um, category, where these portfolios, because they're much more widely diversified, I mean, you get some of the benefit of higher bond yields, but because they're more widely diversified, you just have other levers that can be pulled to generate returns. And um, the asset class that just at the headline level has the most attractive um, valuation outlook is South African equities. And, I mean, you get a bit of that 
in the more conservative multi-asset portfolio. So, so if that that is the, the the right place to reach to, and I am heartened by what we see in industry flows at the moment. We um, the one-way streets of net client outflows um, out of the lower-risk multi-asset class funds have um, been have stopped. I mean, so flows are not dramatically positive, but they are positive again. And um, yeah, that's great news. It does mean that there are many more investors that are heeding this warning and are actually moving to the place where they need to be. And quite clearly, you can see our advisors are driving that process. Thank you, Peter. Um, I think it was a good discussion on our fixed income funds and those that get very little airtime, like the Java Plus Fund. So thank you once again, Peter. Thanks, Christo. And thanks again for listening. <laughs>